This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. Jude says, hey, there's hope for them. We need to, as the body of believers, we need to be the ones that are reaching out, literally pulling them out of that fire, hating even the garment that is defiled by the flesh. I believe that as long as man has breath, there's hope. In a system of belief that has led them totally astray all of their lives. But as long as they have breath, there's hope for them. We all have friends and family that have not turned their lives over to Jesus. For some reason or another, they refuse to put their faith and trust in Him. But remember, believer, we're not to lose hope. If they're still above ground and breathing, there's still time. So be diligent in sharing the truth with them in love. The best way to do that is to live it out in your own life. Apply the Word of God to your heart. Allow His work of grace to produce good fruit for all to see. Well, let's join Pastor David in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 5, for the conclusion of our message entitled, Walls of Protection. They have carnal attitudes and carnal plans, but it's all wrapped up in this cloak of religion and spirituality. They are truly wolves in sheep's clothing. And that's what Jude is warning about here. The Apostle John even speaks about, again, as he writes to the church, he speaks about how we need to guard against the damage of these false ones. He tells the church how to fortify their walls of protection. Turn back just a couple of pages, if you would, to your left, to 1 John chapter 4. In 1 John chapter 4, John writes and he says, Beloved, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. In other words, not everybody that comes into the fellowship. You know, the Lord was speaking to me and saying thus and so, or should you believe? And the unfortunate thing is many naive believers, they say, well, he seems like a very spiritual person. He seems to be very religious. And he says that the Lord spoke to him. Who am I to doubt that? Well, beloved, you better test the spirits to see whether they are of God or not. Otherwise, you're going to be led astray by wolves in sheep's clothing. He says, test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And by this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Now, John was dealing with a particular group of false teachers called the Gnostics, and we're not going to get into that this morning. But the test that John speaks of, Understand, it's more than just parroting uh, of words and saying, yeah, I I believe again that uh, Jesus Christ has come in, in the flesh. That does not necessarily bring even in today's life and in, in, in the realm that we live in. That's not the completeness of the test. The apostles in all of their writings, they speak of those that by the very core of their belief system, they declare that they're not true followers of Jesus Christ. They are deceivers. We need to test 
the spirits of those who would come into us. That's why even here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande, this isn't something that's done in every Calvary. I know it's not done in every church, but it's something that the Lord laid on our heart at the very beginning. When someone new comes within the fellowship, regardless of how uh, good their quote-unquote resume may look, we ask them to come and be a part of us for at least 90 days, for at least about three months, so that we can get to know them, they can get to know us. It's a time to be able to test the spirit. It allows us to be able to see how that individual relates to the rest of the body. It allows us both to hear and to see the testimony of their faith. It allows us to hear and see the individual in in action. And it allows us really to pray and to seek the mind of God before we put that person in any areas of responsibility or in any areas of ministry here but even that's not foolproof. As a ministry, we, we've been taken at times. We've been taken by those that don't truly have a servant's heart. They're looking for a position. They're looking for power. They're looking for the accolades of men. The unfortunate thing that I've learned in ministry is that sometimes, sometimes you can really mess up a good servant of the Lord by giving them a position that they served the Lord a whole lot better before suddenly they were recognized for that. Because for some men, that recognition suddenly goes to their head. And what was a good servant of the Lord is now someone who is drawing people to themselves and trying to make themselves much more than what they should be. That's why even those that have been here for a while, it's not necessarily a guarantee The Apostle Paul even warned the Ephesian church. You remember back in the book of Acts, he warned the Ephesian elders as he met them that even from among the elders, even from among the leadership there, that there was going to rise up men speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. You see, that's the problem we see in all of this, drawing away disciples after themselves rather than just exalting Christ and being a servant to the people. They're skillful in dividing the body of Christ, bringing divisions into the family of God. Many times the message that they bring is, is, you know, we have a deeper knowledge of the word than, and your church just doesn't have it, oh, but, but we do, and let me give this to you. They might come in and say, we have a better understanding of prophecy or we have a better understanding of the Christian life than you do. So come and follow me, draw near to me, and I'll give you all of these things. And with that, they lead people actually away from the truth rather than closer to it. These men come in and they begin to minister without the direction or the calling of God in their lives. They circumvent the existing leadership of the fellowship. And beloved, God doesn't take these things lightly. Jude uses the closing verses, verses 20 to 23, to to bring some positive things that we can do in our own lives to be able to guard against those that would deceive us, against those that would bring damage against the church. Listen to what he says in verse 20. 
but you, beloved. Now, who is he speaking to here? He's speaking to the body of Christ. He's not speaking to just the leadership. He's not speaking just to pastors. He's speaking to the body of Christ. So in other words, he's speaking to you and I both, all of us together. He says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. There in verse 20, he says, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. This deals with your personal growth, your personal development in the Lord. It's the idea of growing in your understanding and the knowledge of your faith by growing in your understanding and knowledge of the Word of God. There's a foundation that's already been laid for your faith in Christ. Jude speaks about that, that faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints up in verse 3. You need to remain attached to that foundation But, beloved, you can't just stay there. You need through personal growth to be able to extend upward from the basics. Still in verse 20, he speaks about praying in the Holy Spirit. I know that some of my charismatic and Pentecostal brothers say, well, that means praying in tongues. But I don't believe that that's where Jude is going here with this. I believe that praying in the Holy Spirit simply means having times of spirit-led prayer. Not just the times of laying your burdens on the Lord and asking for Him to take care of everything for you, but being led by the Lord in and through your prayer life. As George Lawler writes, he says, praying out of hearts and souls that are indwelt, illuminated, and filled with the Holy Spirit. What Jude is speaking about is praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, another thing that you and I need to do, we need to keep ourselves in the love of God. Beloved, this speaks about our walk of obedience, remaining in the fellowship with the Father through faithful obedience. What it does not mean is that by your actions, we have the power to either maintain or lose our salvation. It wasn't by your actions that you gain salvation. It's not by your actions that you're going to lose salvation. What it does mean is that we can place ourselves outside of that protective hand of the Lord. We can place ourselves outside of his leading in our life by the choices that we make. If the Lord is continually telling us, walk this way, and we're continually walking this way, guess what? We move ourselves out from underneath his protective hand. We move ourselves out from the ability to be able to hear that still, small voice, that wooing of the Holy Spirit, because we've walked away from that. He says, beloved, you need to keep yourselves in the love of God, and we do that by being obedient disciples of the Lord. Still in verse 21, he says, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. We need to live with an expectation of the fulfillment of God's plan in our lives. We need to live every day that that the Lord is going to be working through me 
for his glory. I want to open my life up for him to be able to use me in whatever way that he desires. Beloved, we're all in the process right now. It's the process that's called sanctification, and it is that ongoing work of God in our lives. We need to live our lives with that anticipation that the Lord continues to work in and through us. And you might be a believer here this morning and say, well, I don't know if the Lord really ever works through me or, or in me. Oh, I, I believe in Jesus, but I've never really seen him work in or through me. Well, let me ask you this question very bluntly before you. Have you ever allowed him to use you? Have you really opened up your life and laid aside your agenda in order that the Lord's agenda could be fulfilled through you? He wants to show, he wants to declare himself and his mercy through his love for you and through his ministry in and through you to others, both for the other believers as well as non-believers that we all run into throughout our week. In verse 22 to 23, he gives a call to action that's in reference to those that have been deceived by these false teachers. What do we do with those that have, that have already fallen, those that have already been caught in the snare of these false teachers? Verse 22, he says, and on some have compassion, making a distinction. I believe that there's some who are believers, and they've, they've been led astray by these false teachers. They've been sucked into, again, that, that whirlpool of their, their false teachings and their false doctrine. They were lied to, and because of the weakness of their own faith, They've made some foolish mistakes. These aren't necessarily the false teachers, but again, they are the protege of the false teachers. They are the ones who have been sucked into it, and now their lives are being impacted by it. They've been misled. Jude says that we need to show compassion. What they need is redirection. They need encouragement. They need love from the body of Christ in the name of the Lord Jesus. And, beloved, we need to make that distinction. Is that individual actually a false teacher? Or have they been taught falsely? And now they are being led astray by what they've been led into. In verse 23, he says, On others, save with fear pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment that's defiled by the flesh. Believe that there's others who are caught up in the lies of Satan. They're desperately lost. They need to hear the message of salvation. Again, the hope that's found through faith in Christ. Jude speaks of them already in the fire of God's judgment. And yet by his words, Jude declares that there is hope. You see, they've never really come to faith in Christ. They were led astray long ago, ever before they made any kind of a commitment to Christ. They may be filled with, with religion. They may be filled with ceremony, may be filled with ritual, but they've never come to a saving knowledge of Christ. And yet Jude says, hey, there's hope for them. We need to, as the body of believers, we need to be the ones that are reaching out, literally pulling them out of that fire, hating even the garment that is defiled by the flesh. I believe that as long as man has breath, there's hope. In a system of belief that has led them totally astray all of their lives. But as long as they have breath, there's hope for them. 
Maybe everything they've ever done has been really and truly against the heart of God, even though maybe they thought that they were following the heart of God. The Apostle Paul was that way. And and all the evil that he did all of his life until that time that Jesus met him on that road to Damascus and changed him. Paul had been led astray. He was trying to serve the Lord in what he thought was the right way, but it was the wrong way. And he was literally snatched out of the fires of hell by that intersection in his life. As the Lord spoke to him, you and I need to be willing to do that. We need to understand that those who are walking even against the things of God, these are the very ones that Jesus prayed for when he was on the cross, when he declared, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So we can look at people that are in other religions, in in other even pseudo-Christian religions that are so far away from the truth, and we can degrade them and, and put them down, but that's not the heart of Jesus. The heart of Jesus is, wow, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We need to be the ones who are willing to speak the truth. Men who are blinded because of sin, because of disbelief. You know what? They can gain sight by the power of God. And sometimes, beloved, sometimes he uses you and I as that channel or that vessel of the power of God in these individuals' lives. Are you equipped to be able to do that? You see, that's why Jude says, you need to earnestly contend for the faith. You and I as believers need to be equipped to be able to do that. At one point, all of us needed to have our eyes opened. All of us needed to be able to receive that gift of grace. For those of us who are believers, salvation came as we received that free gift of God's forgiveness by having faith in that completed work of Jesus Christ as he died in payment for our sins. Every one of us in this room were lost at one time. And so, beloved, we can't stand in pride or arrogance against, against anyone. You see, when we came into Christ, that put us in a whole new realm of existence. We're now saved. We're saved for eternity. We're now sanctified. We're we're set apart for his holy use. We're now his children. We've been adopted by the grace of Almighty God into his family. That's our existence as believers in Christ. With all of that working within our lives, we may feel that we have this impenetrable wall, that that we feel relatively safe, that we'll never be led astray as long as we're safe within the environment of the church. And yet the enemy continues to invade inside the walls of the church to do his damage. And that battle still rages, doesn't it? I hope you understand that it does. I hope you're not ignorant of that, because if you're ignorant of that, you let down your guard. But, beloved, you need to understand that the enemy of our souls would love to see you stumble and fail in your Christian life and in your Christian testimony. Yet you need to know that God is able 
to keep you from stumbling. That's why Jude gives the warning. That's why Paul gives the warning. That's why Peter gives the warning. That's why John gives the warning. Jude even gives us in his benediction here at the very end in verse 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Beloved, your power isn't in you. Your power isn't in your abilities or strengths. It is in the power of God working in you. And he desires you to be equipped. He desires you to be informed. He desires you to be empowered by the Spirit of God so that you can walk that life that honors him, walk that life that when something awry comes in, something that's a false teaching, suddenly there are bells and whistles that are going off in your head. And saying, wow, you know, that sounds real religious, but it's just not connecting up with me. You may not know the very chapter and verse, but beloved, if you are truly growing in your faith, if you are walking in obedience to the Lord, if you are really seeking his lead in your life, I believe that the Holy Spirit will give you those checks. Say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. He or she may be talking really well. They may be luring you in, but wait a minute, wait a minute. There's there's something wrong there. Pause, stop, check. Don't fall from it. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior. Let me ask you this. Do you want to be presented before him with exceeding joy? Are you living your life with that anticipation that that someday I'm going to get rid of this old carcass, I'm going to be able to see it just rot in the dirt or whatever, and I'm going to put on immortality, I'm going to take this corruptible, it's going to be replaced with incorruption, someday I'm going to be able to stand before my Lord, and I hope that it's even today. I don't know what kind of anticipation you have in your life, but you and I, as believers, we ought to be living with that anticipation, with that expectation that, Lord, I'm ready to see you. And when I see you, I'm going to be filled with joy because you're going to be fulfilling the very desire of my heart. Or are you the ones that says, Lord, please don't come today. <laughs> don't, don't come right now. Don't come while I'm at that place. I started to say at this place, but you might misconstrue the fact. No, it would be great if he came while you were at this place, okay? Don't come while I'm at this place in my life. Don't come while I'm at that place physically. Lord, wait a few days and I'll straighten my act. Could you give me advance warning? He does give you advance warning. It's right here. It's right here. The advance warning comes through the word of God that says, you know what? Be ready, for you know not the day or near the hour that the Son of Man comes. But he will come, literally, as a thief in the night. Are you ready to be presented before him faultless, full of joy? Or would that time come and you say, oh, Lord, I wanted my life to change. I wanted to, you know, I was going to. Beloved, now is the time. Now is the time for us to get serious about our relationship with Jesus Christ. They believed that it was the last days back then. Silly them. Didn't they know? 
No, they believed that it was the last days. They believed that at the very point of Jesus Christ's ascension into heaven, that that began the last days. And for them, that meant that Jesus could come at any moment, at any time, at any hour. They wanted him to find them ready to go. Beloved, the old gospel song says, If back then it seemed so real, then I just can't help but feel how much closer his coming is today. He says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, to present you faultless before the presence of his glory, with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Pastor David is currently teaching through the book of Jude here on The Open Word. In this study through the book of Jude, we'll learn how vitally important it is for us to contend earnestly for our Christian faith these last days. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at our website. Simply log on to www.theopenword.com. That's theopenword.com. Although the open word is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande for worship on Saturday evenings, Sunday mornings, or Wednesday evenings. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to TheOpenWord.com and follow the link to Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. Finally, we want to encourage you to follow us on Twitter and become a Facebook friend. Links are available at TheOpenWord.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Please join us next time as David continues teaching verse by verse through the book of Jude. That's next time on The Open Word.